0: Welcome to this week's episode of Housing Manage, where we aim to inspire, bring joy, and teach you ways to better manage yourself. My name is Brittany Schrift, and today we are going to talk about email communication. I know that may not seem like the most thrilling of topics, but stay with me. Don't close out that tab just yet. Let me explain. The average worker gets about 80 emails a day and often spends up to a third of their working time responding to them. That is an astounding number. And as we continue to work from home, that number has probably only increased because we are relying on email more now than ever before. With that though, comes some challenges. People often don't realize that the way in which you choose to approach your email communication can not only impact your brand and work relationships, but can also either aid in your productivity and ability to get your job done, or it can leave you stranded and not getting the help that you need to move forward. So in today's episode, we are going to talk more about why your approach to email communication is so important and truly what's at stake, but also go over three unique improvements you can start making today to elevate your emails and put your best foot forward. So as I just mentioned, we are using email an astounding amount while working from home. In the office, if you had a question or needed help or input from a manager or a team member, you were just able to get up and walk right over to their desk. Now we don't have that luxury. Your only choices are to send your messages through Gchat or email, maybe even the occasional Zoom call. And as we rely mostly on technology to communicate, specifically through email, we can't read someone's body language, facial expressions, and other nonverbal cues as we're talking to them as we would if we were in person. And that just makes it that much harder to ensure our messages are well-received and that we get the answer, help, or clarity that we need. But change is a constant in life, and it's often out of our control. So while we may miss aspects of pre-COVID in-person office life, we do have to learn to adapt and embrace the change. Because we rely so heavily on email to do business, it is vital that we're leveling up the way that we're communicating to ensure that we're not only getting our message across and getting what we need from the exchange, but that we're still keeping our relationships intact and maybe even improving them through the process. So In a couple minutes, I'm going to go over three specific things you can incorporate or be mindful of in order to elevate the quality and efficiency of your emails. And trust me, these are not going to be the same old generic email tips that you've probably read over and over on online articles, like check your spelling and grammar, um, even though that is important. And I think you'll find some value in these. So definitely hang tight. But before we get into those, I do want to talk about two specific reasons why making an effort to master your ability to communicate via email is so important beyond just the sheer fact that we utilize email a lot in our day to day. And the first is that elevating your email communication helps with your personal brand. Your personal brand is what you are known for. Your personal brand at work is critical because it can impact your ability to build relationships, be chosen for new opportunities or roles, get promoted, and even just your ability to be influential in general. Remaining calm and respectful as you navigate conflict is one way you can elevate your brands, while gossiping about a coworker can negatively impact your brands. And email communication is no exception. Things like spelling someone's name wrong, using poor grammar, or sending a mile long email all can have an impact on your brand. It can cause people to make judgments about your character, your skills, and even your values. They can walk away thinking that you're not detail-oriented or lack self-awareness. They might even question your intelligence or your capability. When their only interaction with you is through virtual communication, they have nothing else to base their impression off of. While I'm definitely not advocating for people to make snap judgments and, of course, encourage everyone to have empathy with each other, it's also just unavoidable and a part of the working world that I don't think will ever change. So knowing that, we need to lean into it and control what we can, which is the way in which we choose to present ourselves. You want people to leave email interactions thinking that you're smart and capable and professional. And besides just helping elevate your personal brand. The other reason why it's so important to make the effort to improve your email communication is to just demonstrate that you have empathy, respect, and care about other people's time, which are essential to effectively managing your work relationships. When you are concise and provide specific action items that you need and are only sending things over email that aren't better discussed over Zoom, people will be so appreciative. They're less likely to do the thing where, and we're all guilty of this, or you open the email, see how long and dense it is and go, okay, this requires way more brain power than I'm willing to give right now. So they mark it as unread and say, they'll get to it later. I know some of you guys are smiling because you totally do this too, but you don't want people to do that with your own emails. Email them for a reason. And if you need something from them, you're obviously hoping to get a response quicker rather than later. So don't set yourself up for failure. Be a breath of fresh air by being direct and to the point. It is an easy way to strengthen your work relationships. And as I just mentioned, you'll probably start to receive email responses faster because people will appreciate the respect you've shown for their time. It really becomes a win-win situation. They're able to continue on with their own day quicker and more efficiently. And you're getting the information or help that you need in order to move forward with your own work. Okay, so now that we all know why leveling up our email communication is so important and can have a critical impact on our brand and work relationships. It's time to dive into how you can actually do that. So the first way is to be more strategic with your subject lines. If you are guilty of being careless with your subject lines and you either leave them blank or only put two seconds of thought into it, this one's for you. To be more strategic with your subject lines, all you have to do is to, one, consider who the person receiving the email is going to be to what you want the intended outcome of the communication to be. So let's talk through an example to illustrate this. Let's say you're in a project-based role and you need your manager to review something that you created. So in this situation, it's very easy to identify who the intended audience is, your manager, and the outcome, which is to have them approve what you've put together. And because it's internal communication, not external with a customer or a pro who, let's say, you're trying to sell a product to Because that will require a different approach to the subject line. This situation is internal, so it's important to be direct and concise. So to create a strategic subject line, it's best to not only put something like please review, insert name of the project, but to also put a due date in there as well. So that would look like review by Thursday, insert name of project. That way, when they see the email come through, they know whether something is urgent or if they can wait a day or two to review it or respond to it. Just taking a few extra seconds or minutes to properly create a subject line, and not just putting the name of whatever you're working on, but the action you need, and by when, dramatically increases the likelihood that you're going to get what you want and in the time frame that you need it. Our next tip to writing better emails is to start with the action items. So I used to always add my emails with the action items or what I needed or was asking of the person. In my head, I thought it was logical to give the background first and then end with what I needed. And in my research, I found that a lot of people do that as well. And the reason for that is because subconsciously we're afraid to bother other people. Super interesting, right? But come to find out that's actually not the best approach and can have the opposite intended effect. The reason why you should start your email with the question or action item is because it's actually an act of courtesy towards the recipient of the message. It gives the receiver the option to just directly answer the question and move on if they don't need the additional information or to keep reading if they do. It's counterproductive to give the context before the question. As many times the person, and this may sound harsh, but They just don't care or they don't need the context. They just want you to get to the point. So save them the time that everyone so desperately needs back, especially if you're speaking with someone at a high level, like a director or a VP, and start with the point and end with the context. All right, our last tip is one that, and I'm going to admit, off the bat doesn't seem that creative or unique, but it is one that is so important and probably has the biggest impact that I just couldn't ignore it. And that is to keep your emails concise. There is not a single person you work with who has the time or the energy to read a novel of an email. Look, I get it. Sometimes you get really excited about something or you're concerned people are going to miss something or you feel the need to explain something in depth. I get it. I have been there. I had a manager call me out on this years ago, and I honestly wish that someone had sooner. But nothing will irritate your team, your manager, your customer, a client, more than an email that looks like the dictionary has been sent to their inbox. It's actually been found that the optimal email length is 50 to 125 words. Anything more and people tune out or they miss things. And that's even assuming someone takes the time to attempt to read the novel. Some people will just open it up, give it one look, and immediately put it in the trash. The great thing, though, is that this can absolutely be improved. The best way to become more concise is to utilize a three-step process. So step one would be to write out the email. Step two is to cut the email in half. By that, I mean rewrite it and cut out half the length that you originally had. And then step three is to cut it in half one more time. The first time you do this, you're going to be very annoyed at me. um, But I promise once you make it into a habit, you will be amazed at how concise you can make your emails. Turn it into a little game or challenge for yourself. Until you make an effort to be mindful and aware, you just don't realize how many filler words or unnecessary fluff you add. This won't be easy by any means, but will absolutely increase the likelihood that you'll have people reading and actually responding to your email. As you can tell, none of the tips I just talked about are mind-blowing or shattering, never been talked about before, but they are simple things that are so easily overlooked or forgotten about that when combined can make a huge difference. We send so many emails each day that it's become such a casual part of our business process, but the reality is it's not Gchat and it's not a text message, so we need to treat it as such. Now, I definitely want to be clear. No one is telling you that you have to be overly serious and formal and corporate. This is house, after all, and thankfully, we don't have a culture that aligns with that, so you don't need to be stuffy, just polished. And of course, if you have a more personal and casual relationship with the person reading your email, feel free to loosen the reins a little bit more. At the end of the day, you just want to be mindful of how you're presenting yourself and really ask yourself, does this language, form, length communicate that I'm respectful, professional, and courteous of the person who is reading it? Hopefully the answer is yes. And as the saying goes, the devil is in the details. So put your best foot forward and level up those emails. All right, guys. Well, we hope you enjoyed this week's episode of How's You Manage and look forward to seeing you next time. For now, have a great week.